Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each week, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite topics, Disney. This week, we want to welcome Jimmy to the show from the Supreme Resort. And don't know why I can't think of the name of your other podcast. We were just talking. Scraping the Vault. Scraping the Vault. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Also joining us this week, also from (laughs) Scraping the Vault and the Supreme Resort, Right, I am uh, I am jpegshirt.com. Hello. Uh, you can go to jpegshirt.com for all of your anti-Bob JPEG shirt needs. Uh, all proceeds go to Orlando Youth. I had it, Eric. What was the A? Alliance. The, Alliance. Alliance. Thank you. It's an <laughs> LGBTQ uh, charity in Orlando. You know, I just feel like uh, apparently this is like a hub crawl takeover, like Supreme Resort and uh, Scraping the Vault is just taking over our podcast. Damn right. So, yep. We have to repel borders, Eric, somehow. Well, he's on half of those shows. I know. It it does get confusing with all the crossing over lately. That's okay. good. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. Let's start this week off with the news recently of the governor of Florida considering removing the special district known as the Reedy Creek Improvement District from the Dis- from Disney control. What do you think will happen and how will that change the resort? Let's start with you, Jibby. So I think this is a retaliation from the Florida government because of the recent doings at Disney and their quote unquote wokeness and whatever. I think it's an empty threat retaliation. Um, that being said, If it does, in fact, happen, which I assume the government can make it happen, but the amount of of fighting and and threatening like they did in Anaheim, like, oh, you're going to raise the taxes. We're not going to build this hotel and we're not going to this and we're going to move to Georgia. And I mean, I think it's an empty threat. I think it's unnecessary. And Disney will fight tooth and nail to make absolutely certain that they don't you know, come clean. And I think Disney will probably find a new governor. (laughs) Before DeSantis can make that happen, <laughs> Disney will install a new governor before then. Mickey but, Mouse calls. He goes, "Hey, guess what? You're gone." <laughs> Kim Irvine, Governor Kim Irvine. <laughs> Gay. Um, anyway, so the but but I think I mean this is a, it's just kind of silly. But if in fact they did do it, I could see Disney threatening to move. I mean, Valdosta, Georgia, is not that far away, and it is to Orlando in the sixties, what Orlando was in the sixties today, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I, I it's, it's not going to happen, but if it did, if it actually did no more building, no more rides, no more Imagineering. Like it's, it's just, it becomes not a ghost town, but it becomes stagnant. Wow. Yeah. Jimmy, I agree with, with the general sentiment. I don't think it'll actually come to that. Disney really could fight back and they're putting a lot of money into the economy in Florida. And uh, especially in that area, I mean, Orlando has grown up quite a bit, but Disney can fight back as well. It, what's interesting to me is just this this sentiment that Disney we've well we talked about it on on the Supreme Resort fairly recently when Teg was on. There's there's a lot of political machinations going on here, but ultimately it, it feels like the Republicans who are taking part of this both both from the the, the state side. And from and in Congress, where we've seen some threats against Disney and the upcoming discussions about uh, Mickey Mouse's copyright uh, or trademark, depending on who you talk to, uh, it's it's a political tactic. It's it's strange that we're looking at at a corporation that's defining policy and commenting on policy, but Disney is so in 
enmeshed with culture, there's there's something to be said about giving giving them that opportunity to get involved. On the other side, governments the government shouldn't have this kind of ability to to put pressure on a corporation and say take take it back Disney. It, it's there's this sentiment that that Disney, who's just trying to play both sides, they're trying to earn money. It's what they do. They're a corporation. We all know that they want they want to make sure both sides are happy. And Chapek hasn't done a great job of of navigating that particular that particular nuance. And so, yeah, of course, of course, there are going to be legislators who come back and say, well, we can, we can hurt you. We can take away all of these, all of these things that make it easier for you to operate. So it's, it's just going to keep going back and forth. for. So I think, I think for, for context, and I'm sorry to hijack the show, but for context, the Reedy Creek improvement district was ultimately Walt Disney's and it wasn't him that did it ultimately got it done. But, it was Walt Disney's idea, like, hey, Anaheim built up around us and we lost control and we have to answer to them on sight lines and heights of buildings and blah, 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 where they took all of that control. Now, every decision they make, ultimately, they govern, they contract, they do all those things. So if they actually lost the rights or the state took over the Reedy Creek Improvement District, I don't think there's a financial impact to Disney. Because you know they still have to pay taxes, and and you know, so I don't know if it's much financial as it is just control. Perhaps it's financial from the sense that they are going to have to work more on lobbying than they already right. do. Yeah, totally. It's already a lot spent on lobbying. What happens if then they have to influence a city council like they have to in in Anaheim? I think the biggest thing that they that the state of Florida could do to hurt Disney is give Universal the same rights, <laughs> take it away from Disney and give it to Universal. That would be that'd be very painful. Well, but then Universal would have to, like Disney, build the infrastructure. They'd have yeah. to maintain the infrastructure, which Power is what plans. Disney did. Because, yep. I mean, that that land was unusable. It was unlivable land. Right. And basically, it was just like, hey, we'll, or, ah, hey, we'll do it. <laughs> um, and it was just this agreement of like, look, no, nothing's happening with this land. Disney, sure, go for it. But you have to actually, like, pay for it and build it, which would be really interesting to see. Um, a group of people who are traditionally kind of about, you know, small government and government not taking over things, stepping in and going like, hey, we're going to forcibly take over your, your, your infrastructure. So you have to pay us taxes, which is like kind of the opposite. That's socialism, everybody. And, um, you know, hey, why not? But I think that yeah, why don't we hear your take? Dan? Hold on, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> you know how much I don't like to talk about politics, and nobody knows where I stand on these things. Yes, um, I think that they're going to keep talking about it, and nothing's going to happen because it would be a First Amendment problem. Because uh, yeah. as we all know, corporations are people, as they should be, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so they're just practicing their First Amendment right. And they could totally take it to the Supreme Court if they wanted to argue it on, and on they would. that on those grounds, which the Supreme Court has already said corporations are people, free speech is a thing, it has precedent. So um it, can you imagine just seeing that case? DeSantis v. Disney. <laughs> Disney <laughs> v. DeSantis. State of Florida v. Counselor Goofy, your fly is open. <laughs> um <laughs> and it, it, it is clearly retaliation, which is clearly illegal. And but it I think that what we're really saying is that a lot of uh, conservative leaning 
politicians have found that they can just find a boogeyman to use to raise money. I mean, it was it was CRT, it was Antifa. Now, unfortunately, it's this. And you know, instead of saying out and out, "Hey, we really don't like these these people that this legislation is against," which they clearly don't, they now get to say, "No, it's Disney. Disney's the perverts. Disney wants to teach your children to be, you know." whatever mm-hmm. um and it's going to be a really a really they're probably going to raise a ton of money off of it and hopefully they get voted out again i don't like pot talking about politics yeah <laughs> clearly well, not man this was this was a doozy for the beginning we're already almost 10 minutes into the episode uh but mine's real easy i don't think that disney will lose control of the reader creek improvement district i think this is exactly like everybody else has said that it's posturing and it's not really going to lead anywhere i don't think it helps anybody the the state of Florida and the community there probably doesn't want to take over Disney stuff either. Um, if for some reason some strange thing happened and they did lose control of it, uh, I think Disney would just invest less in Walt Disney World. You know, right. we're going to take our ball and go home and we're going to build somewhere else. Yeah, uh, listen, Dis- that's Disney's Florida screwing up Disney California on its own. Way. Yeah, yep. they're, they're doing it by themselves. They don't but, need anybody else to screw it up. did the impossible and he pissed off both sides of this which is hilarious that's true (laughs) that is an interesting point okay so that wraps up our first question let's go to jimmy for your question this week my question is totally opposite of the first question in that it's about disney investment will disney build another u.s-based theme park and where will it be what or and what it what what kind of theme park and where will it be what do you think, Eric? Well, it would be great if the Midwest didn't have to travel so far to get to a Disney park. In fact, I think a fair portion of the like the Chicago land area goes to quite a bit to Walt Disney World. It's a significant group of people that are traveling to that park, which is quite a lo- quite a long way um, and a lot of money spent. But uh, famously. In the past, uh, Walt Disney himself clashed with the Bush family over mm-hmm. a St. Louis park when he wanted to build a domed. It's like a city block. Uh, well, yeah, a city block inside a building, inside a dome, something like that. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the Bush family wanted to sell beer there. And Walt said, nah, no, thanks. Don't tell me how to run my park and walked away. I don't know if really there's a politically moderate enough part of the country right now where Disney could come in and say, hey, we're going to bring you a whole bunch of business. Let us do what we want. I think no matter what, everybody gets how this works now. They can't get away with buying a whole bunch of land. That's cheap. They can't build a city. Who's going to let them do this? Uh, But what I would like to see is uh, a dusting off of the Mineral King plans and Mm. ultimately build something in the Rockies. Uh, Selfishly, in my neck of the woods, but uh, a lot of ski hills are getting even smaller ones are getting bought up by giant corporations, international conglomerates. Why not get a different international conglomerate in, buy a smaller ski area, put a put a resort there and uh, do the Mineral King thing with without having to cut giant swaths of of the uh, the Sierras down? Yeah, I think uh, I think the Midwest is probably a reasonable idea. And um, if they do, I think it's an excellent time. And I may as well stay in character here 
to um, just open up a theme park that is a Disney theme park, right? It's like a regular Disney castle theme park, but just cater to the reactionary right-wing chuds. Just say like, here, we're going to have the pirates extra rapey just for you. We're going to have <laughs> Aunt Jemima's pancake house, anything, just hand it over. Just let, let uh, Marjorie Titan, Titan green, Taylor green, let her, let her like do let, make her head imagineer and just be like, what do you want? What's your dream? And Great then, moments with Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. Uh, I, I think just give them that place to be like, okay, look, this is yours. We'll come visit occasionally because it's probably going to be really funny, but we're going to get out <laughs> and it's all yours. You can do whatever you want with it. Man. Uh, well, now that I feel like uh, we've probably angered some people listening to this episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> Thanks no, for having okay. us. Have a great night. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys are trying to get rid of the competition. I get it. That's fine. Um, uh, if you if you mean like resort, uh, uh, because of course nowadays they're not just building parks; they're building whole resorts. Right. Uh, I do hope that they build something else in the U.S. I do think we could support it um, for sure. I also think. They won't, but I would hope that whatever Disney builds next for a brand new resort anywhere in the world, that they actually put enough attractions there to make it worthwhile. Because I feel like a lot of their parks open up with a very small amount of attractions because, of course, it's expensive. Um, But then they're not as successful because it's like, well, why would I pay however much to go to Shanghai that has 12 rides when I could go to Disneyland and has like 50-something rides? Um, But like I said, I hope it does. Uh, I hope it is in the Midwest. Uh, if anybody has, I've talked about this on DL Weekly a couple times. My brother was in the air, was in the Air Force, and he was in South Korea stationed for a while. And down there, they have a a theme park and some characters that are very reminiscent of Mickey and Minnie. And they uh, there's a theme park down there called Lottie World. Uh, if people want to Google it, it's L O T T E World, and they have this cool theme park. It is uh, there's a whole indoor domed section, and then when the weather is decent, they actually have a monorail that goes out and wraps around a castle that's outside on this island that is open during the nice weather time. So I think <laughs> Disney should do something like that in the Midwest, where you have an indoor covered area. It could still be lush and awesome. In fact, it, it could be kind of like the Epcot that Walt wanted, right? Where it'd be all climate controlled and everything like that. And then you have this outdoor section that you could have uh, for, you know, we do that with the Wisconsin Dells. We have water parks. We have right. indoor sections and outdoor sections. Great Wolf Lodge. Exactly. So do something like that. Um, and, you know, and I, and I agree with you, Eric, with what you said, that uh, basically everybody uh, east of the Mississippi goes to Disney World. And that's just how it is. Everybody in my neck of the woods, I'm in Wisconsin. Everybody here, Disney World is their thing. Every time I talk about, oh, yeah, I'm going to Disneyland, they're like, oh, I went there. I'm like, now, do you mean world or land? <laughs> well, it's whatever's in Florida. Yep, that's not land. But right. um, so it's a constant thing. So, Jimmy, what do you think? Well, so... Frank, if Frank Wells doesn't die, Disney's America is a thing. It's open today and they're celebrating their 25th anniversary or whatever it is, right? He could have, I think he could have done it. Yeah, I really do. I think it's, if Frank Wells doesn't die, Disney's America exists. I don't, I think that ship has sailed, but I think as far as weather goes and that sort of thing, you know, the reason Orlando was chosen, Southern California was just proximity, but the reason Florida was chosen, Tokyo, where where these other parks are, for the most part, the weather's okay. Paris is an, ex- an exception. 
uh, but they make it work with the arcades going down either side. Um, so as a result, I think that it will be somewhere that's somewhat temperate or to your point, you know, imaginary uh, ideas in imaginary never die. So if they built another park and they did it in the Midwest, it would be some sort of enclosed mini park. It wouldn't be a full on theme park. I think the next full on theme park, if we're going to get it, it's going to be in Florida or if this Disneyland next thing happens. Um, and I think Marceline, Missouri, make a mm-hmm. Disney theme park in Marceline, Missouri. There would be zero pushback because that's all they're known for. Um, And then they could build infrastructure around it. But I don't think it would be a full on, you know, 100 acre theme park. I think it would be a themed, you know, city block with a lot of Walt Disney stuff in it. And, you know, maybe not a museum, but you get the idea. Or would it be so, like that Mickey Mouse park that he was originally planning? Maybe. Like, yeah. But yeah. but inside, it would, not unlike Disneyland Paris at, at Walt Disney Studios, you know, that whole first Main Street is all in a building. Yep. Which is just a little weird. But anyway, or somewhere in Texas, because that kind of covers that, that covers all parts of the country. Somewhere in the middle. The weather's always fairly nice. Mm. There's a ton of space. I think you Texas? could build something in Texas. I have been to Texas, yes. <laughs> but but that's the park you're talking about, Dan. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. And by the way, if anyone is offended by what I've said, I, I'm clearly just playing a character, setting myself up for the villain. Uh, and um, uh, the I views of Dan love, do not represent the views of the hub crawl. Right. I, yes. And I actually love <laughs> or the deal weekly. I'm just the character. Or I'm deal sorry. That's okay. Well, that's two questions down, which means we've reached our halfway point, and it's time to ask for your support. If you enjoy the Hub Crawl, and like obviously, who wouldn't with this crew of people? Uh, head on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support to get some perks and show your support. Thank you all for listening and supporting any way you can. I also want to send a shout out that we did get our first Patreon supporter this week. So welcome to Kate A. Thank you for joining and becoming a supporter of the Hub Crawl. Thanks, Kate A. We love you, Kate A. All right. Well, that's that's exciting. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's get back to the questions. Let's give Kate A what she's paying for. We've explored some pretty heavy topics so far. So I want to shift gears. <laughs> kind of. Uh, with everything that's been going on, we, we keep hearing about all these these folks who are uh, upset with Disney and I'm never going back. I'm not renewing my pass. What keeps you interested in Disney? That can be parks, media, any of it. There have been so many ebbs and flows in the corporation, but we're the 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 four of us and our and our other co-hosts on other shows. We spend hours talking about this company and its products. Why? What keeps you into it? Let's start with Dan. Um, well, there's a lot psychologically that we could get into, and if anyone's interested in that, you can hear my discovery of uh Disneyland relating to my relationship with my dad on the Supreme Resort. Um but in a more simple sense, I I have a kind of a weird background where I grew up in more nature than I think a lot of people do. Um so natural stuff, the natural world's kind of boring to me. It's just kind of like, oh look at that. It's, it's another waterfall, another tree, another majestic mountain. Um so, but I love themed environments to the extent that I have some friends that I went to a garden with here in San Diego, the Japanese friendship garden, mm-hmm. and I was taken by it and they were like, wow, you're actually enjoying nature. I'm like, no, I'm enjoying the reorganization of nature to be a themed environment. Um, I like at its best. I think a, a good themed environment 
is great for like igniting the imagination and getting, you know, abstract thought going and you can make up a whole reality like parallel to the reality that they've created for you. Um, I like them when they're bad. I like them when they're good. And Disney for now is, I think, the best at doing that. Yep. Well, I think there's a couple things here. One, I think you can't discount nostalgia. I think that uh, my generation, I'm 40 years old. I feel like my generation grew up with Disney. The animation renaissance and everything came about when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that built in. Walt Disney World was doing a ton of expansion and was really heavily promoted and cross-promoted and everything. So I think that got a lot of people interested in the parks. Uh, The first-generation park goers took their kids uh, you know, so like my grandparents would have been some of the first people probably to go to Disneyland. So I feel like there's all that nostalgia and stuff that like comes along with it. It becomes almost a tradition at this point. So I think that that's, you, you can't count that out. I think nostalgia gets people a, a long, long way. And I feel that way with, uh, like current TV and stuff too. You get things, uh, you know, a good example, Stranger Things came out a few years ago and that was all about the eighties and people loved it. Cause it like brought them back to their time in the eighties and, and Cobra like Kai. Yeah, exactly. All of these type of things that are coming back. And, and you're um, right. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. You're right. But if that nostalgia doesn't have good quality, people don't continue to have nostalgia because yeah, people yeah. stop going. Right. So that was my next point. So it also has quality. So a lot of times, especially since Harry Potter came to Universal, mm-hmm. Harry, you know, it, sh- it proved that another company could do a really nice, good themed environment. Right. I don't think anybody disagrees that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is Disney-level theming. Where it falls flat is it doesn't blend with the rest of the park. So Disneyland, when I walk from Main Street to Adventureland to New Orleans Square to wherever, they're, for some reason and how they've done it, I don't know, but it flows. It all kind of makes sense. Where if I'm at Universal Hollywood, for example... I'm walking down like some really thrown together layout of a theme park that they have there. Mm-hmm. And I turn a corner and it's Wizarding World. It's not, I, I don't, I don't have this transition into it and all that. So I think for theme parks, that's what it is. I think movies are, um, they have all these classics and stuff and they keep putting out quality content. So I think that that they start with the nostalgia stuff and the quality that everybody's kind of grown up. It's become like a legacy thing that everybody kind of hands down. And I think that it just keeps building and building. So I think that that's why people are so into Disney and stuff. And they, they generally, as much as they screw up and do terrible things sometimes, I think that there's always the balance. And I think that they've never quite, They've never quite done enough bad stuff to outweigh the good stuff that they've done at any given time. So, Jimmy, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. Thing number one is what your answer is effectively world of color. It's nostalgia and quality, right? They, we own your childhood and we're going to shove it in your face because, you know, like it or not, we own your childhood. Oh, and by the way, you're going to love it. Oh, and by the way, yeah, because it's good too also, right? Um, so that and... It's it's in the sort of the detail of the parks. That's what keeps me going back. It's the breadth and it's the detail. And every time I go, there is a new restaurant I haven't tried. There's a new thing I haven't seen or something has changed or there's a new detail I didn't notice. And it all started for me. Uh, I just wrote a blog for concierge that may or may not get approved by Eric. Um but I, I, I go to Disneyland my whole life. I'm, I'm a kid growing up at Disneyland. I'm working at Disneyland. I get transferred to Disneyland Paris. That's the, the second Disney park I'd ever been to, Disneyland, because DCA wasn't open yet. 
So I go to Disneyland Paris. I'm like, this is amazing. It looks like Disneyland, but there's enough different. And then I go to the castle. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. It looks like an MC Escher painting and it's Irvin, or Ivan Earl and the concept art from Sleeping Beauty. This is amazing because you can walk in on the ground floor and it's on a hill at the same time. Uh, and then I just start exploring trails and I walk into this thing inside of the castle and there's a dragon. <laughs> there is a fire breathing dragon in a Disney castle and it's just like I would, my mind was blown and I just started to explore that park and it, it just opened my eyes to I there's been to these parks and I've been to every one of them except Shanghai at least once. And every time I go, there is something new, something different, something more to explore. And, you know, I've been what I mean, easily a thousand times in my life to a Disney theme park. And it it never ceases to surprise and amaze just the level of quality and detail and intricacy. And and I like the bubble. All right. Well, Jimmy, you know I'll never I'll never turn down blog content. I just might have to work with you on making it readable. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> not 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 knocking you at all. Why? Eric, <laughs> throw him under the bus on the right. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll put out something great. Jimmy's I've read your I've read your previous written work, Jimmy. You know what you're doing. Eric, I, you. I just want to thank you for not asking me to write a blog ever. Yeah, you start getting paid by concierge and you have no choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I start I cracking do not that want to. <laughs> All right. So I think that it, I, I like what everybody has said so far. That nostalgia thing, I, it, for, for me, it, it's, it's just a way to get away. I'm, I spend a, a lot of time with my, my other job doing work that's enjoyable, doing work that's, that's difficult, uh, but... Disney helps me to relax and get away from that. Um, I've found a way to make make a place that some people find very stressful and, and difficult to navigate into a relaxing thing for me. Um, also, the, it's the world. The world is complicated and people are angry about things. And I think Disney parks still can hold on to that because they have they have nostalgia. They have our childhood. They have generations of childhoods and they continue to put out quality products uh, which is slightly debatable for some, but ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, it's something that I enjoy going to. It, plain and simple. Another great discussion question for this week. Uh, I feel like uh, all of these things we could talk about for entire episodes. But let's move on to our last question from Dan. Yes, uh, I'm curious. What semi-obscure or obscure Disney or non-Disney IP out there do you feel is ripe for them to either use because they haven't been using it enough or buy it up and use it in the theme parks. And if you could, what kind of like uh, attraction or experience do you think it would lend itself to? If you can think of one, if you got one of each, great. If not, uh, I will eventually forgive you. What do you think, Tag? Oh, eventually forgive. Uh, this one was interesting because uh, actually while I was waiting for, uh, we were ordering some food tonight and um uh, James, who's our producer on DL Weekly, he was going through a list of all like Disney movies and stuff, trying to find something that's semi-obscure. And uh, the first thing that I thought of was like Mary Poppins, and I know that they had talked, and that's not really obscure, but they haven't had an attraction for it, which I feel like is whatever. They also haven't done anything with like Coco, uh, which we think would be a great replacement in the uh, in the uh, Hyperion Theater in DCA for oh. a show because the music is so great. Uh, I think that that would be a wonderful thing to have in there. It'll be in Canto um, before it's Coco. 
Yeah, and well, in Kanto now, because uh, like it's proven to be so popular, so that would also be a good choice. Um, I do say that the Emperor's New Groove is a cult favorite for me, and I feel like what they could do is they could do, I, I think it'd be really funny to do a roller coaster where you have Yzma and Kronk talking about pulling the lever, and you go through this whole thing, and at the end you go, why do we even have that lever? Um, love that movie. There's there's all types of funny one-liners you could throw in there, and people would really enjoy it. For non-Disney, I still think Disney's biggest flub that they've done in recent history was they they couldn't get over themselves and turn down the whole Harry Potter uh, intellectual property because that right there loaded the shotgun for Universal to aim at Disney. And Disney was so dumb to let that pass. It, it, it's so obvious now that, that they missed out on it. It's just so stupid to me. I think um, J.K. Rowling let it pass because Disney's well, pitch was like a land and Universal's like, we'll give you a whole thing theme park. So what I what I had heard is Disney told her, we ultimately have creative control. Right. And she was like, Nope, not happy with that. And may, maybe in hindsight, it was good they didn't work with her because she's very controversial with mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff that Disney's controversial Unlike Disney, with. you know. Yeah, right now. But uh, <laughs> they don't need another thing like that, I guess. But um, uh, that's all I could think of that was non-Disney because I feel like they already own so much stuff. The only thing that I feel like they need to buy now is they need to buy Sony so they can get the rest of their Marvel. Totally intellectual property in and what else is sony making right now not that much i mean i'm sure they well marvel them. yeah that's it yeah yeah so what do you um, think jimmy so just in in discussion we were talking about disney's sort of scandals and and controversies haven't they always had scandals and controversies i mean think about the writer's strike think about any number of things that disney as a corporation has you know been involved in over the years so i don't think it now is any different but um as far as ip goes I think that, I mean, Muppets are always a good default because it's just this, it's just this pot of gold that they haven't figured out what to do with. And I think that uh, Muppet Vision 3D is a great example of that. Just what it does and what it still does to this day, it still holds up. Great pre-show. Um, also, uh, <laughs> but I think Zootopia is sort of the 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 sleeping giant. I don't know if it'll go to Animal Kingdom because they're sentient and I think Joe Rody's whole thing was these are, you know, creatures. Joe Rody isn't there anymore. That's true. So I think I, I could see a world where dinosaur land that, you know, Chester and Hester's things becomes Zootopia. Uh, but after just listening to you guys talk and thinking about it, I don't know if they're digging into the well at all. I think anything new is coming from what is now. And by now it could be to your point, it could be Coco because it's recent, but if what if we play not what do you think they will do, but what could they do? Yeah, that's a whole game I'm not ready to get into, but <laughs> but but I do well, think I again, <laughs> I don't okay. So I, I think that it's they're dipping into a well, but the well has to have corresponding box office, is what I think. Um as far as non-IP, I don't think there's any left that hasn't been explored already, except maybe stick it to Universal and buy Dr. Seuss. I think it would be actually interesting if they would double down on Roger Rabbit a little bit. I mean, yeah, that's not my box answer, office. That, just that, thinking, yeah. that works. Yeah. yeah. Eric. I think that it is high time. We return to the black cauldron. Oh God. Yes. I, we could start with, we start with a new live action movie along that vein. And we do it right this time. Disney mm-hmm. is in a place where 
if you've seen the first episode of Moon Knight, you know they're willing to do violent and scary things. I've seen the first two episodes. I just watched the second oh, one before we no, recorded. The second one don't yet. spoiler me. Yeah. Yeah, don't spoiler. Moon Knight's in it. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, you're off the show. <laughs> which one? Uh, yeah, which one? <laughs> All of them. Yours, your show. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Black Cauldron, I think, has a lot of potential. I, I think there's a lot of space for, there's not a lot of fantasy out in theme parks, it, like like high fantasy, and Black Cauldron is IP they already own. They could put in some, they could put in something simple like a like a small dark ride. They could go next level, it, depending on what they, you know, if they were to do something with the movie, they could really step it up. They could also build a full land i mean the the whole series the chronicles of predane is is very expansive and it it there's a lot of extra material there i don't i'm going to stop I'll, you right there eric i don't think that disney needs to be making any more lands that are just one property just my opinion <laughs> well that's actually though not a terrible idea because they could just kind of make a lord of the rings land and call it that well that's that's my next point is if we were you know if I think there is a there is some call for maybe a whole theme park that is a fantasy based thing. We've we've explored immersive storytelling with the Star Cruiser and this weird mishmash of great ride concepts in Rise of the Resistance. They could go next generation at next level and tell a fantasy story in a different way. So Wheel of Time or Lord of the Rings, they could build something much bigger and have multiple experiences. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do for smaller rides in those, mm. in the, these sorts of ideas though. I don't know what you do with a, with a, you know, ABC ticket. Everything is, is huge now and we need to have some smaller rides. So we don't yep. have to rely on, on lightning lanes to get on everything. That, in a, in it, a new it, hotness. It makes me think of uh, Epic universe. That sounds like, that feels like that's what you're talking about. I'm curious to see what they do with that. Yeah. And go back to it. (laughs) You actually got me thinking of something that I don't know that I like better than my original answer, but I'm going to cheat and give both. Um, My original answer was return to Oz because it's terrifying and we need more terrifying stuff. Again, I'm answering from not what I think they will do, but what I would love to see them do. But they, they own the rights to all the books that aren't the wizard of Oz, right? I believe so. And it's I'm just thinking buy the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's like 12 bucks over at, you know, some warehouse of IP. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen that it's movie. Public but it's, domain at some it's point. Terrifying. It's oh, weird. Yeah. It's everything that is that they have like sort of sanitized out of Disney parks that they really need an infusion of something. We need a new ride for children to be terrified of. And I think uh, I think Princess Mommy totally gets us there. I mean, it could be a walkthrough. It could be anything. I haven't really thought about what it what it could be much, but I just love the idea of we're going to do <laughs> Return to Oz. And by the way, you need to see the movie because it's terrifying and you need to be ready for what this is going to be. But I also thought of going along with Jimmy's Muppet thing. What if they expanded the Jim Henson? They could create a whole new park uh, about Jim Henson with mm. Jim Henson properties. You got Labyrinth, you got dark crystal you got all the other stuff the like ghost that, of fafner hall right there's there's a, there's a breadth of things that can be used there but then for the non-ip or the non-disney ip i have thought for a very long time they should use crawl what's crawl that's right crawl is 
a weird combination of fantasy and sci-fi, which was an 80s movie. It's that those of you you're wrecking your brain. Yes, it's the movie with the weird glaive thing, which is like a ninja star has loose story. A whole lot of evocative imagery of like weird, creepy, like there's a creepy castle, a person who is a, a the villain is a castle that like travels every day. There, It's loose, loose story. Nobody's seen it. They can just run with the imagery and just say, hey, it's fantasy, sci-fi, blend it up, turn that blender on, pour it out in a giant smoothie, yum, yum, drink it up. I love it. You know what occurs to me, though? If they do a Muppets Park, sorry, I'm not. Con- Crawl would be great. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, if they do a if they do a Muppets thing, do they do a a Muppets haunted mansion haunted mansion? Oh my gosh! Do another overlay. Do they do they do a fake Muppets Disneyland? I mean, I still oh, keep thinking so that cool. they need to make haunted mansion holiday. It's own, like they should just build that as a second yes, attraction in DCA. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, because people love that. So I want to answer two questions at once. Current IP and new theme park in Florida, Disney villains, the end. Well, there you go. Okay. So I I want to, I want to say that we don't have extra time for the bonus question, but we are going to offer it as a Patreon perk. So uh, we will ask the bonus question, but that will be available as if you become a supporter on Patreon. Carrot I know angled. someone. I know someone named David who is probably going to be a patron very soon. That's good <laughs> with that offer. So, if you want to hear that bonus question, become a patron, and it'll become right after this. So, that does it for this episode of the Hub Crawl. We'd like to thank our guests, Jimmy. Thank, thank you, you for having me, and Dan. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Joining you. Well, I mean, hopefully we have listeners after this, but uh, join us oh, next time. Oh, come on. When we talk all things... Well, I just mean politically. Oh, okay, uh, join it. us next time when we talk all things Disney. I'm playing a character. Thanks, everybody.